Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded, a podcast where we bond over the drama and trauma in the Bachelor multiverse and throughout Western pop culture. Hey, friend. Hello. We did it. We survived the season. We podcasted through the whole thing. We podcasted through an entire season. We're pretty amazing. Dude, we should be really proud of ourselves. Yeah. I'm proud of us. Air five. Yeah. Um... And also proud to anyone who listened throughout. You guys are rock stars. <laughs> uh, particularly, I want to say hey to Audrey. Thank you so much for sharing our pancake adventure on social media. That Aww. was lovely of you and for, for giving us a shout out for being a good podcast. And to Dottie, who I ran into over the weekend at an event and she came up to me and said how much she really enjoys listening to us even though she doesn't watch The Bachelor and that she just listens for the first 20 minutes about like the random things we say or you know the social aspects of things and then that's a true friend I know that was also touching like we are so grateful for the people especially you people who I know don't watch yeah and I'm pretty sure Audrey and Dottie are not people who watch The Bachelor so man thanks guys we, we really appreciate that. Yeah, we're lucky to have our listeners that watch, that don't watch. If you support us in any capacity, uh, thank you so much for being a part of us making it through this first season. Yeah. No, and yeah, not to shit on anybody who does watch because we, we do really like you too. You're, you're actually our intended target audience, so thank you. Um, we've got a candy review today. Mandy brought over some uh, Twizzler gummies. Twizzler gummies. They were legit. Yeah. The picture on the packaging was confusing because it was like lips with like a little chunk of licorice coming out of the lips. And I wasn't sure if the gummies were just going to be lip shaped or if it would be lip and licorice shaped. And just to let you know, they're lip and licorice shaped. But it's cool because that's how it's like two toned flavors. Mm -hmm. And there's cherry and grape. Actually, that's all I remember, but the cherry um, and grape one is phenomenal. I think it's cherry and lemon and then maybe cherry and strawberry. Oh, yeah. That actually makes sense that cherry is the, the theme throughout. Yeah. Don't quote us on the flavors, but texture, great. Flavor, also good. Like, I feel like it's a really phenomenal gummy, fruity flavor. It's really, it's crisp. I don't know if you've tried any of the weird Twizzlers lately, but... So far, we have decided these gummies are better than the weird one-offs we have previously tried. Yeah. I actually kind of fundamentally don't like weird Twizzler. Like, I want my strawberry Twizzler, or I'll do cherry nibs. But beyond that... Will you do pull and peels? Ew, no. And I don't know why. Like, that feels really out of character for the kind of candy that I do genuinely enjoy. It just has never been my jam. Like, chocolate... Oh, I, I love chocolate Twizzlers. I know, That's Saul's like a, a family thing. Saul's a fan of that too. Saul gets really mad at me too because I actually would prefer Twizzlers. Oh, no, he, he likes red vines. But I don't know. He also likes chocolate Twizzler and vanilla Tootsie Rolls. But My family calls chocolate Twizzlers brown licorice because it's like red licorice, black licorice, brown licorice. Well, that's so, so I, smart. I always yeah. have to remind myself that it's actually chocolate licorice. 
Because Ooh. it doesn't really, I guess it kind of tastes like chocolate, but it's more just like waxy licorice. Yeah. It's kind of funny to me that I have opinions and like there are certain candies that I don't like because at the end of the day, like how artificial <laughs> and just generically mostly the same it is. But in my mind, it is all very different and scaled appropriately. I will admit I have not quite um, figured out Jess's candy biases. So yeah, fair. I haven't either. It really just I go by the seat of my pants. I like trying weird freaky candy. And so when I saw these, I was like, these look terrible and I'm excited to try them. That's so funny. I think if I I definitely err on the side of being a really boring person and then I just go for what I know. And I'm I've only recently started branching out because of you. Oh, wow. You've you've kind of rocked my world on some candy choices, but like <laughs> for the most part and Brayden at work is somebody also who like always comes back from the bookstore with weird candy. So between the two of you. We're broadening your candy horizons. Hugely. Because I don't I don't know what I would eat otherwise. So proud. Yeah. You should be. As much as I think I was just like a Skittles and Starburst person. And then suddenly like I realized that there's. No, that's not true. It's not entirely true. I do spend every year like $80 getting five bags of candy shipped from New Zealand. I respect that. But that was because my friend in New Zealand wanted me to ship Twizzler to her. And so she agreed to ship me candy from New Zealand. It was a transactional relationship. It was. And it was very expensive. <laughs> it was kind of mind-blowing. So like I do branch out occasionally, but it does take certain circumstances for me to do that. That's fair. You like what you like. Yeah. I will admit that I'm the person that will walk out of the gas station with a candy and Joe's like, why did you buy that? Because it's new and I want to try it. And I will admit also that seven out of 10 times, it's usually bad. But, you know, those three out of 10 times, like, that's a life-changing relationship. Oh, for sure. But do you buy a backup candy or do you just roll the dice and you're like, if I don't like it, I'm just, I have a shitty candy and I'm not going to eat it? It kind of depends on how long the trip is, how hungry I am, and if I'm sharing with Joe or not. Those are all very valid. (laughs) Sharing especially. Sometimes I have to state, like, this is not for sharing, despite what the bag says. I'm more adventurous with, like, fruity, gummy, sour candy. I'm not very adventurous with chocolate candy. I don't even eat chocolate candy. That's fair. Yeah. That's good. No, you have been, like, I like scrolling through my brain of all the candies that you've introduced me to. You are really, you've got a really big selection. If any of our listeners want to propose a candy for us to review... Yeah, we're down. We are down. I am trying to go to the grocery store and pick out different candy than I normally would. So, but yeah, help is very much appreciated. So that's our candy review. Uh, this episode, man. Wow. We're going to start with Ariel, which we apologize. We have been saying Ariel. I mean, I think most people have been saying her name wrong. Ariel. I had to Ariel. spell it out. Ariel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep going back to my little. Wow, did she look phenomenal. So good. Even Jessie was a little bit flustered talking to her. Yeah, she looks like a Greek goddess. She absolutely did. And she just like is so poised and put together. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, she is very intimidating for sure. Yeah. The fact that she can make Jessie sweat a little bit. Yeah, Jessie. <laughs> I do want to say right before she came out, before Ariel came out, uh, I did laugh at Jesse recapping this whole thing. Kind of killing me. 
his dramatic like retelling of the season. Remind me what he said. Oh, I don't know what he said. He just was like filling everybody in and the the way in which he did it was was pretty comical oh. to me. I don't know if anybody else caught that, but I feel like there was something about this after the final rose. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge Jesse fan. I feel like Chris Harrison, Jesse, you know, they're not really adding a lot to the experience. It's true. They're, they're in, not. they're out. They're not really connecting with the people on the show in an intimate way. And I mean emotionally <laughs> when I say intimate. So when people were upset that Chris Harrison left, I kind of didn't really get it. Because don't get me wrong, before all of the hullabaloo, I liked Chris Harrison fine. Like, I don't think I felt strongly for him or against him, but he was very familiar because he had been with the show since the beginning. Right. And I think, so at first when Chris Harrison left and the show was like trying to figure out what they were going to do, you know, that was uncomfortable and weird. But then we basically landed with Jesse, who's a Chris Harrison 2.0. Um, you know, obviously he's has television experience. He does sports broadcasting. He does the baking the, show. The, the, the holiday and spring baking championships. Yeah. So he has, um, he has television experience and it's very apparent. But I'm just saying that like these guys, they basically are just curating the experience that we're experiencing where they are navigating us through the touch points. They come in and out when it's appropriate. An upset happens and they appears. But um, Juliet's podcast used to time how much time Chris Harrison had on each episode, and it would be like two minutes. You know what I mean? Like, they're not really creating the show. They're just hosting it and present for very specific moments. But the people on the show are responsible entirely for what we're seeing. So this whole rant was basically to say, I'm liking Jesse more. But when I say that, I also realize like I see such little of Jesse that I don't actually know what that means. That's totally fair. I think I'm just getting more familiar and comfortable with him. Where when he first appeared, I was like kind of let down. I was like, oh, this is just another Chris Harrison. And I do think that he's showing more personality and he's kind of navigating it in a slightly more unique way. But I really don't know what it means when I say I'm liking Jesse more. Oh, that's fair. I mean, I think he's attractive. I think he's a smooth talker. I think he's pretty funny. I think he's also really awkward sometimes. So awkward. When we watched the Holiday Baking Championship, Saul was laughing because he would just repeat whatever one of the judges said about something. Smart. Which is amazing. I don't know. He really is kind of just like a blank slate and just absorbs what's going on around him. He's like a tour guide of The Bachelor. There you go. A tour guide. But listen, I'm into this tour guide. I don't know why. I respect. I do know what you're saying. Like, I don't think if Jesse suddenly wasn't on the show that like my experience of the show would drastically change. But also, I'm not sad to have him there. I was mostly bringing this up because I think a fair amount of people stopped watching the show when Chris Harrison left. And I don't know if it was necessarily out of allegiance to Chris Harrison or if it was more so like, what is the show without Chris Harrison? Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. Like, these people aren't really why we're watching the show. Yeah, like, it, it is the same. For sure. I get you. And I think we're going to like Jesse more and more because he's just going to get more and more comfortable and confident in the role. Absolutely. I want to see more of Jesse's personality. I see that, yeah. Uh, he interviews Ariel. Ariel. 
I'm gonna have to say that really slow every time you guys because I have to go back to the like Ariel. Uh she just blew my socks off. I like, love that she led with the fact that she wasn't planning on being intimate with Zach. Yes. She's just like, and this putt's just like coming in here telling me what it's gonna be. Like, yeah, girl, exactly. And I but I appreciated too that she called him out for taking away her agency in being part of that conversation because that was such a huge point that you and I just I felt like could not bring up enough last week was he is not giving these women any credit. And I love that she was like, yeah, I'm a part of this relationship too. Yeah, she said, you took away my agency and then led into, we are no longer a couple or able to make decisions as a couple. And I think that's so true. Like if he takes away her role in their relationship by making decisions for both of them, they aren't really communicating as a couple. No, it just becomes a really old fashioned patriarch of, okay, the man says, so the man gets what he wants. And that's kind of bullshit. Not kind of bullshit, actual bullshit. Yeah, and the fact that she found out about the Gabby thing on television. Oh, yeah, I have to make a huge correction. Thanks for that. I thought I had read somewhere that that Zach had said that he told all of like Ariel, Ariel, Gabby, and Katie what happened. I was wrong. I misspoke. Like he did not, and she found out with the rest of us. Can you imagine? So when she was in the rose ceremony, and he's talking about how mistakes were made. Um, because when you said, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Zach said something to Ariel. Uh, I was like, oh, OK, so she knew what he was talking about. Can you imagine her being her at the rose ceremony and hearing that not knowing what happened after he was like, I'm not having sex this week? Yeah, it was really awkward for her. And you could kind of see it on her face that she's just like, I'm missing something. And. You know, I think it gets pointed out later, but it basically becomes really clear that Zach was just talking to Katie in that moment and how just utterly disrespectful. And only looking at Katie in that moment. Ugh. And just how completely disrespectful that was to Ariel, who really had done nothing but shown up for him, been consistent and honest and truthful with him. Like, he did her so dirty. That makes me mad. Yeah, and I, I love that she called their relationship an open relationship. Amazing, because that's what it is. That's and show, what it is. The show doesn't want to talk about it, but like, I'm sorry, if you are potentially sleeping with three different individuals, it is in fact an open relationship. The show doesn't want to embrace anything progressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that's where like, no, 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 this is not an open relationship. But, but that's is. what it is. And I think it actually helps the people on the show navigate it in a healthier way if they're able to identify what it is and also communicate in a way that embraces it being what it is. Yeah, and I think Katie really spoke to that last week too when she said, I know you're in a relationship with two other women and it's really important that you keep that relationship between you and the other women. Yes. And like that is it exactly and that is sort of what you have to play into when you go on to the show, and it is really weird to me that the show feels so disingenuous about that, that it tries to pretend like it's not an open relationship. And I love that she called it out for what it is. Yes. I also love that she said, by putting sex on the table, you made the whole week about sex. Yeah, rather than, and she, I don't know if it was in Nick Vial's interview of her or on the show last night, but 
She said she also really hates the term fantasy suite and that it really is like overnight mm-hmm. and without cameras and that it's it's sort of it's it's degrading to women that it makes it sound like it's almost always going to be sex by calling it who the fantasy suite. But like the reality of it is these contestants get to go into a room and not have cameras for what, probably 12 hours. That's amazing. That is great time to talk. And there is like, maybe they do have sex, but I think a lot of the time people probably do really capitalize on the chance to talk and get to know one another. And that's what she wanted to do. Yes. And he didn't even give her the space to even communicate, communicate that. that. Yeah. And that is something so cool. And I think, as society, we kind of realize that like we've got this really toxic monogamy thing going on. You know, the flip side of that to have open relationships does require extreme honesty and communication. And <laughs> I don't, yeah, like he really dropped the ball on that and did not do a good job with this. So Zach does his best way to navigate apologies. I do think he took a lot of accountability in his conversation with Ariel. Yeah. And so I will say in the beginning of the After the Final Rose uh, episode juggle, I was like, oh, look at Zach taking accountability, saying things like I was in no place to do that. I shouldn't have made that executive decision. I don't know. He was saying a lot of the things that I was hoping he would take ownership for. Mm -hmm. But then the rest of the episode just really makes him looks so bad and you kind of forget it all of it does and i feel like i have to recant a lot from last week i think i was a little too gracious with zach especially in regard to how he handled gabby and this week i just did not have the patience for him and i even struggled with some of the language that he used with ariel uh you know he really tried to put in to context why he was struggling and why he was having a hard time and that that's how this happened. And it's like, I think we know. You've told us enough. You need to just make this about the women for once and not keep bringing in to how you were struggling and didn't know how to handle something because we know that. And But it's the complete disregard for other humans involved in this that was the problem. And I like I do agree with you. I think he was doing his best to take accountability, yeah. but I still felt that language creeping in where I was just like, Ugh, nope, I'm not buying it. Basically, what I think this all boils down to is that Zach's goal was to be the perfect bachelor. Yes. And, and what I mean by perfect bachelor, it's not even necessarily just end up engaged at the end, but like every moment where it came between Zach making a decision based on someone else's well-being or Zach playing the role of the bachelor and doing what production would want the role of the bachelor to do, Zach sided on the role of the bachelor over someone else's feelings. Every time. Every time. Yeah, that was, and that was pretty apparent, I think. Yeah, and I, you know, I think it's also true that, you know, Ariel said that she was hurt, but I also feel like she was incredibly disrespected. Like, just all of all of them were, but particularly her. Um, and she graciously ends the whole thing by saying, you know, our relationship, I don't want to reduce our relationship to that last week. You know, there were so many great things about it, and she opens up about how Zach was able to let her be herself more than she has been in any other relationship Mm -hmm. recently. 
and that allowed her to heal from some of her most recent relationships. And so obviously she got a lot of positive things out of the experience, um, which, wow, way to get up there and navigate that yeah, to on have, live TV. And to have the ability to reframe some of the more awful things that happened to be like, yeah, but also a lot of good came out of it too because I think it can be so, and I don't blame anybody for focusing on bad things by any means because your hurts are your hurts and that is something you have to live with and no one else. But it was really cool to see somebody come up there and be like, but I did take a lot of good things away too. And, you know, I'm ready to get back out and date again. Like, yeah, I'm ready for a relationship. Like, wow, that's pretty epic. Yeah, it's pretty kick ass that she was able to go through all of that and come out the other side, like appreciating the experience and what she gained from it, despite how she was manipulated. Yeah. I want to be friends with Ariel. Oh my God. I, yeah. I, I actually couldn't be though, because I think I would just, not know how to behave like she's too cultured for me too as much as I say that she is for Zach but man she is just cool as shit I just wish we had three bachelorette seasons I wish we had charity I wish we had Ariel and I wish we had Gabby yes 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 um because they would all just give us such a different show and I feel like I would just love each one for different reasons absolutely so I'm just sad there isn't more time because i it is rare coming out of a season and being like, she could be a bachelorette. She could be a bachelorette because I feel like usually at the end of the season, I'm like, who the fuck are they going to cast this bachelorette? Yeah, everybody is kind of weird. But this season, I felt like one of the themes for me was all of them were so lovely and relatable in a way that I haven't seen on a show for a while. Like this is almost the female equivalent of, you know how on Caitlin Bristow season, she just had such a great cast of guys. Yes. This is almost the female equivalent of. Absolutely. <laughs> it is where you just you like everybody and even yeah. the people I didn't like. It's not like they did anything egregiously wrong. It's just sort of like it actually has nothing to do with you. And it's my problem that I don't like you kind of thing. And like, that's so rare. They did a really phenomenal job with casting. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if we touched on this last podcast, but apparently during um sex week, uh Ariel, Gabby, and Katie all posted the same photo with the same caption and like solidarity of each other. The little heart hands. Yeah. So I just I wanna that. say I think this season has also been unique in how much the women have supported each other. And even at the end, like so much of the turmoil was because of how how much that Gabby knew that Katie was an amazing woman and vice versa. And that was just kind of on their minds and knowing that they were also at risk of losing Zach to someone who was so amazing. Right. And, and that's probably even more stressful than losing him to someone that maybe you're like, how could he end up with her? Absolutely. Because there's no way to mental gymnastic your way out of it. You're just like, they're incredible. And like, either way, he could be happy. Yeah. There are two incredible, amazing women that are left and – or three. I mean, four. He – we got to hand it to Zach. He has Good taste. impeccable taste in women. Yeah. Like, I know that he didn't, you know, cast for this, but the top four were solid, amazing. I am here for it. Yeah. That would be hard. And I want to say it's been – really heartwarming and, and neat to see Katie 
and Gabby and Ariel really rally around each other and, you know, maintain a friendship through this just too, like all of them. That's just, ah, I love that. That's, that's what I want to see. Women are not, we're not each other's competition, even when we are. That is, that is a social structure put in place. <laughs> Push back, fight it. Yeah. I, it's hard leaving this season watching Gabby being as devastated and destroyed as she was. Whoa. Yeah. And at the same time, trying to find happiness for Katie. Yeah. I really had a hard time stomaching watching Zach and Katie be so happy after watching Gabby like spill her heart. Yeah. And let's, let's kind of just break down Gabby's journey through this episode. Okay. Um, and I think partly in, you know, in the previous episode, you talked to this, but like we both really related to the anxieties that she was feeling. Like it was palpable. That was a very real feeling of like, oh, wow. Yeah. I get where she's coming from. And I feel like it, continued through this episode and it was really really painful to watch i i agree with you um well, she she knew she was so attuned to everything going on and just because zach refused to admit it because the show has a certain structure and they want the, the lead to stick to it she just had to grin and bear it and it was painful. She also did a unique job of vocalizing all of her feelings and insecurities. Yes. And I do think that people do this to some extent on the show, but Gabby really, man, she just laid it all out there. She did. And in such a way that you're like, oh, yep. I like, know exactly I how she's feeling. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to everything she was saying. I haven't been on the show or in that situation necessarily but just the fact that she was so human with like her word choice and letting us be a part of that experience in such an intimately emotional way, it made everything that happened so much more real and heart-wrenching. It really did. I, I don't know if I've ever really felt quite so impacted by a person being on this show as I did Gabby. Um, it was incredibly relatable. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, diagnose Gabby with anything, but it does seem like she's got some really intense underlying anxiety. And uh, I just felt that. And I think one of the things that really stuck out to me was that that kind of anxiety can lead you into reading every little thing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're right 100% of the time when you pick up on something between you and another person. In fact, it's probably like at best 50-50 but you're so good at picking up on people's mood shifts. You're so good at like every word. You're like, what exactly did they mean by that? And Joe calls this reading in between the lines. <laughs> but there is between the lines. There and is. So, and like, yes. But and so like, she's so good at that. And like, you know, it's not something like I, I'm really good at this too. But the problem is, is you read into something and it actually has nothing to do with you, but you think it does. But it's excruciating to watch this and know that everything she's reading into and everything she's feeling, she's right. Spot on. She knows. And that's what made this so hard is like she just, the theme throughout this episode for her is she just kind of knew. She knew she's not the person because of the way 
that Zach's demeanor, she picked up on those little shifts. I was just waiting for her to act on it. Me like, too. She kept vocalizing like, I would know if it was me. I would feel differently. If if he, if it was me, he would say it. He, he, there, he would do something to show me it was me. And she was verbalizing these insecurities. And I was honestly just holding my breath being like, do something. Like, Leave. don't go with the flow. Don't have to show up. Like, if you really innately feel this thing, like, show up at his door and do something. Demand him that he tells you something. I know. And I thought it was so, so right before she goes to meet his family, she's like, we need a minute. And when they sit down to talk. I applaud her for doing that. Me too. Because can you imagine how anxious you would feel like going in to meet his family and be like, wait, we have to talk about this thing that happened. Yeah, because also for all she knows, he's going to walk in there and announce we had sex and I didn't really, you know, that wasn't my plan. It was a mistake, but I don't regret it. (laughs) Yeah, so she's like, we need to be on the same page because meeting the family, but listening to her language and the way that she framed everything, she was so, in a way, careful to not- She's catering to his emotions. Yes, at every turn. And I'm like, no, he does deserve some heat for this. You should, like- You can hold him accountable. Yes, but she didn't. And, like, I don't want to blame her for that because I think she's also, like, clearly really attuned to what works for people. She's good at reading people and she's reading Zach and she knows that this is going to resonate. But Zach also- needed to be pushed here because he didn't rise to the occasion and he did not take the responsibility he could have. I kind of understood what he was saying when he was like telling her that, I can't remember his exact words, but he was basically at a point where like he was he was saying that he had made a mistake, but the mistake wasn't sleeping with Gabby. The mistake was announcing it and to make this presumption, but he didn't make that clear to Gabby and it was obvious like, when she just sort of sat there with that look on her face where she was like, I, I don't understand what you're telling me. And he didn't work harder to make sure that she really understood that the mistake was his and not hers. And she was really just, yeah, catering to his emotions. And that was hard to watch. Like, dude, she should have just like slapped him across the face with that bouquet of flowers. I don't know. If I, only. Ugh. So that was I that was really painful. I I hated that. I do think though you know, obviously we see that Gabby is healing from this past relationship that made her feel chosen second. Yes. And I do in these interactions still see maybe the woman that Gabby was in those past relationships and when I say that, I mean not prioritizing her own needs. Right, because there is a way where you can do that without being actually angry or slapping somebody across the face with a bouquet of flowers. And like you're right to advocate for yourself and to like state that like this really hurts and you do have responsibility to like help me work through this. But yeah, I see what you're saying. She's not she's not quite there where she can she can speak up for herself and feel confident that she does deserve somebody to treat her better. And at after the final rose when she talks about how much worse it is watching it back, she references, like, you used my name. She kind of goes into explicit detail of, like, what he was actually doing that she didn't understand. And so also you have to realize that if she had actually understood what Zach was communicating to Katie, her conversation before the parents, if there, 
you know, if she had stayed for the previous rose ceremony, would have looked entirely different if she had a complete understanding of what had actually happened. Yeah. That was heartbreaking too. I really hated hearing that. How much like how much it probably like it it clearly hurt her in the moment and then to have to experience it a second time in more detail. Right. And then also watch herself not be privy to all of this information and like going through the motions of meeting his family and then having another intimate day and then walking up there to this engagement when all this shit went down that she had no idea went down. I really hate the word humiliate, but like she used it so much and I just, it made me flinch. I just hurt for her because I believe that that's exactly how she feels. And it's, and she shouldn't feel that way. She but shouldn't. I totally understand why she does. That's it. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, she should like, not be humiliated. Zach should be humiliated. Absolutely, fairly. But I mean, yes, I identify with why she would feel that way a thousand percent. Yeah. And so that was just awful. And then when we do get to her showing up to either being dumped or engaged. And she gets out of that SUV in a mud puddle and just like turns to production and is like, don't have them stop there. Don't do this to Katie when she comes. Yeah, don't do it to Katie when it actually matters. Dude. I I don't know. It's like a knife to my heart. Seriously, and I don't even mean for that to be like. How did she still walk up there? How did she still walk up there after saying that? I don't know. And she, her head was held high. She walked just so. She, she's a woman on a mission, and she got up there. And then when Zach started to break up with her, and she's like, "Don't say it, just stop." And he wouldn't stop. I was like, "Shut the fuck up, Zach. I'm done with you. You like you have not respected her at all through this." And it's so clear at this point that he knew all along it was not going to be Gabby. Like, don't make her do this. So, okay. So Gabby meets Zach's family. And in the process of meeting his family, she falls more in love with him. Oh, yeah. Because his family does seem really delightful. Like, I really liked Zach's dad. Um, Yeah, really quick intermission on that. I loved that idea that relationships are built on harder times than good times. Yeah, that's interesting coming from Zach's dad. I know. Like, hmm, maybe you should have informed your son of this a little bit more. Yeah, because he's just avoiding conflict left and right and sending people home. Yeah. Which, I mean, is fine. And, you know, like, Katie's great. But I'm just saying, Zach seems extremely conflict-averse. Seriously. One thing I have to say that I thought about when I was watching this um, I, and this was before Saul and I were engaged. We were just dating. I had not even so much as like farted in front of Solomon. And it had been like, I don't know, two years. And I had surgery and from the antibiotics that I was given, got a colon infection called C. diff, which like, to put lightly, you just basically shit your pants like all day and it like you are so sick and it is just like nonstop diarrhea. You die of diarrhea. And I was horrified because we're living together and I haven't farted. And now I have diarrhea like 20 times a day. Oh, Jess. And I'm also laying in bed dying. And 
Saul was finally like, let's watch Jurassic Park because maybe you'll feel better. And I didn't. And he's like, I hate to say this, but like, we have to go to the hospital. Like, you're not okay. And I was like, yeah, okay. So we like go to the hospital and then we proceed in the emergency room to talk about my poop with every doctor that comes in and out of there in like painful detail. Like, what does it look like? What does it smell like? Is there this? Is there that? And then they hand me this hat and they're like, and all these little vials and they're like, we need your poop. And I was like, right now? And they're like, yeah. I was just like, okay, well, how? And then like, they're walking me through this. And the worst part is this moment I don't have to shit because I've shit like 30 times and I'm not eating anymore because I recognize that that's not good. So Saul has to go to Starbucks and buy me a bunch of food so that I can poop and collect it in these little vials and bring them back. And you know what? He proposed to me like, I don't know, two months later. And it was basically the sweetest thing of my life because like that was awful. Like I was horrified, but also literally dying. He proposed to you after the poop. After the poop. And I've never heard this story. You haven't? Oh, it was awful. He was the best. And I was just like, man, that's the moment where I'm like, this is a solid dude. This guy, (laughs) this guy's not going anywhere. If we have to like really, and like, the worst part is even after I got discharged from the hospital because I had to stay for a little while, we still had to talk about my poop because like I was really sick. I stayed sick for like a year, man. It was brutal. And Saul just like wrote it out with me and that matters. So Zach's dad talking about this, I was like, oh, this is a guy who gets it. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And he... Well, he, That's a worse story, Zach. I'm not comparing a dying child to poop, but... I know, but I think also him saying you know, him facing all of the trials of, you know, baby Zach's health with his wife. And he's like, the only reason we got through it is because of how much we loved each other. And I, you know, I totally believe what he said is true, that relationships are born out of trials and hard times, and they're not necessarily created during the good times, because I think that's how you really understand how to navigate each other and truly support each other absolutely it's it shows your worst side but also how you can like get it together and be a team yeah and if you can't be a team you're not gonna make it together but yeah zach clearly is lacking in all of that but that was quite the conversation that he had with gabby yeah and then gabby talks to his sisters and Oh, Paul's she... even more in love with him. Yeah. And uh, then they go on their date. Oh, of all the times I could have killed Zach, this might have been the time. Like, Gabby's kind of feeling insecure about things, but she's, like, trying really hard to get into it. She's good. They're having a good time. She looks amazing taking, like, selfies with the horse. Amazing. Ugh. She looks so confident, so regal. And then Zach decides like that, I don't know what, he's got to just like unload his discomfort. And because he has to displace it. He does. He cannot just sit with his own discomfort. I was horrified that he was telling Gabby, for the record, as much as I'm saying that you have to be honest, Zach still wasn't being honest. No. He was just trying to play it off like he had a really hard decision to make. He wasn't sure what he was going to do. He was really torn. 
And that wasn't true. And that's also really colossally terrible to do to Gabby. He keeps saying things like, I don't know fully where I'll be in a couple of days. <laughs> He's very vague. He chooses very specific language to say that he doesn't know where his heart is and that it could go either way, which I feel like. I feel like the show is designed for this to be true, but let's be honest. While I do believe it's, it's possible to love two people, I also believe that out of the two people, if you were like, you have to marry one of these two people, you would know which one you're going to marry. Yes, I agree with that completely. Like, I do think you could, yeah, absolutely, you would know. And he does know. And that's what's so hard is like, it's so clear when you go back and listen to the way that he talks to Katie's family, when he talks to Katie, he's not expressing any doubt to Katie. None. Did you notice the difference between the way his family received Gabby versus the way his family received Katie? I feel like the energy was entirely different. Walk me through it. I don't know. I just felt like when Katie walked in the room, it was immediately like, oh my God, we're so excited to meet you. And it was like, they were just, and it could be editing, you know, who knows. But um, they also showed Katie talking to both his mom and his dad, which they only showed Gabby talking to his dad. Oh yeah, that's um, a very good point. Just like little things like that, which I was like, okay, so this is already obvious, even though I already suspected it was Katie. Um, and so that also makes me wonder, did Zach, because they don't really... Like, does that communicate that it's more Katie than Gabby to his family before they met her? Ooh. Are they meeting Katie with that knowledge? That's one of the things, too, though, about the way that Zach talked about Gabby that, like, I clocked, was saying how confident Gabby is in their relationship. Yes. And it's like, I don't think that's, like, a selling point, my guy. Like, that seems really, like, that's just for you. That's what makes you happy about this. Like, what do you like about Gabby? Her confidence in your relationship is just making you feel better. All he said about Gabby to his family was basically that um, it wasn't immediate in the beginning. And then basically she's quirky and fun. And I don't know, just the words he used to describe her in my notes. I, I, li I literally wrote, where is the substance? Yeah. But, I mean, we kind of felt that, too, with some of their interactions that, like, maybe it was a little bit, it seemed, I don't want to use the word superficial, but it did seem a little more surface level, the things that they would talk about and do. I think, I mean, even in the last two dates, I feel like Zach seems to have more fun with Gabby. I agree. They are more playful. They. Yeah. I don't know, they're okay being a little bit more messy with each other. There's just more humor in their relationship. And so I will say on their dates, that was the part where I actually was like, I don't know. Yeah, I felt like that too. And you know, I wonder if Zach felt, part of me still isn't convinced that Zach wasn't at some point into Gabby and a little bit conflicted just when he was around Gabby. I think Katie made sense on paper and also made sense to him in person. And here's Gabby, who is all of these wonderful things and sort of just made him question a little bit like what he did want in life. I think Zach legitimately did love Gabby, 
But I think he was more conflicted in the fact that he knew he was going to break her heart. Yeah. It does seem now, sort of looking back on everything, knowing what we know now, that that is, that is true. Um, ugh. That was all really difficult. So she gets out of the money car. Well, f- sorry, before we do that, so after their horse date, they're alone. Yeah. And I feel like this is when she said, if it was me, I would know if it was me. Yep. Like, if it was me, he would tell me it was me. Well, especially when he says that he's not sure. Like, she's reading between the lines. She understands exactly what that means. Yeah. He can't explicitly say it's you, but she's saying, I know him well enough and I know our relationship well enough that I would know if it was me. Well, and not to get ahead of ourselves, but like, look at the confidence that Katie had. Katie knew. Katie knew. Just like Gabby knew. Zach, I love this. I don't want to call out the guys here, but I really do always kind of laugh when guys think that they're playing it really coy and cool. Women know. We know. And it's really annoying when we have to drag it out of you. Just tell us. Body language. Well, the words you choose to use, the tone, the execution. Like, trust me, we're examining every little thing. You're not fooling us. And if you think you are, it's only because we're letting you think that. Yeah, what she said. And that's true because Gabby didn't outright tell Zach that she knew it wasn't her. She really did a good job keeping that together. Let's see, I'm looking through my notes on that date really quick. So Gabby leaves saying that none of her fears were relieved. Yeah. You can just see her kind of unraveling and kind of back to what we said before. The fact that before she even puts on that yellow dress, she's already in this mental headspace of, knowing it's not her. Yeah. And so she's like actively not listening to her intuition, a.k.a. her gut. Yeah. She's just like, she's even like trying to pep talk herself as she's walking up there. Yeah. What if it is me? What if I'm self-sabotaging and he is going to pick me? What if I am in my own way? That broke my heart even more because like that is such an anxiety thing too. And like you're trying, like you as, as somebody that's like working through that, you're always trying to like, not be in your own way or trying not to be your yeah, own worst what if, enemy. What if my reality isn't reality? What if I've created this scenario because I'm so insecure and I'm so in touch with all the wrong things that I am self-sabotaging? And then it gets confirmed. She oh. was right. She knew. And I know it's a little bit of confirmation bias, but like this is the moment where Zach needed not to get that wrong and he did. And like Gabby's going to be recovering from this for a long time. Because now she's like fucking royally number two. Absolutely. It confirmed all of her biggest insecurities. Yes. And the fact that he knew that she was sensitive to that and put her through all of this makes me want to just smash his head against a wall. Yeah, fuck him and fuck production. Like, I know you're The Bachelor and I know these are the hoops that you should jump through. But you know what was interesting? Did you note that um, Jesse said that this is the first season um, of a bachelor that has ended in an engagement since Pilot Pete's season. That is bananas. So I'm just saying, Zach, 
that obviously the show has had to adjust around other seasons and yeah. it does that. It does it just fine. Claire literally walked out halfway through her season when she knew she had her person. And like it wasn't her person, but the point is she ended her part of it. And for Zach to have talked to Gabby and to have like this knowledge and know how she's feeling about all of this and to just blatantly lead her on. And to make her walk up there in that yellow dress. Which was phenomenal, by the way. I'm so glad that dress was on TV. And I hope that she knows that she is the most stunning human. When she put on the yellow dress, I knew that Jess was sleeping. But I texted her and I was like, in in all caps, the yellow dress? <laughs> you did. And I was like, I should probably look at that and make sure that something's not wrong. And when I saw that, I was like, you're okay. You can go back to bed. I followed that with, I'm going to stop texting you. Because <laughs> I so true. I love you for that. Yes, I was asleep, but it's also okay because I will get woken up for the yellow dress. It was that good. This might be my favorite dress ever worn on The Bachelor. I just want to say this. Like, she looked phenomenal. If you got to go out, Gabby, you did it with fucking style. You looked amazing. Amazing. She did. But it was, God, that was hard to watch. No, it was brutal. And she just didn't want him to keep talking. And he, of course, selfishly has to keep fucking talking. Because he cannot hold his own discomfort. Yeah. He really needs to go to therapy and figure out how to do that. I think a lot of people do, to be fair. Like, that's something that a lot of people need to work on. But Zach particularly really needs to work on. Also, something that I learned from Nick Vial's podcast, which... <sighs> First of all, if you haven't listened to Ariel's interview on his podcast, I highly recommend it. Side note. Second of all, someone called in for a relationship issue. And he I remember him saying, sometimes you have to own being the bad guy. Yeah. And I feel like this is exactly what you're saying. Is like sometimes you don't get to displace your discomfort onto someone else. And you have to sit with the fact that you are hurting someone and that's okay. Sometimes it's okay for you to be the bad guy. It's unavoidable, but what you can do and what is absolutely crucial and necessary to make sure that you don't damage a relationship permanently and no guarantees that you haven't, but it is to sit with that discomfort. It is not to displace it onto the person that you've harmed and make it their responsibility to then make you feel better. Exactly. She keeps saying, please stop, please stop. And he won't because he feels like he needs to get out what he needs to say, but it is just for him. She, exactly. She doesn't need to hear it. No, she knows. She doesn't need to hear it. And and I think if anybody can take anything from this season, it is truly that if if you hurt somebody, no matter what it is you do, you take that discomfort and you sit with it and you figure out what that means and you learn what you need to learn from it. And then when you're ready, you can go investigate what, you know, Zach now can be like, what does Gabby need to hear from me to know that I am actually sorry? You know, and Zach, if he sat with it, would have a better idea of what yeah. that is. And it just, it's disappointing to watch people refuse to really own that for any period of time. Like, you don't deserve to be forgiven or to, to get your peace out right away. Like, just shut up. Just shut up and sit with it. Let yes. this person take time. As uncomfortable as it may be to realize that you have to sit with the pain you cause someone else, like you distracting them from it or trying to make yourself feel better in the moment is not doing anyone any favors. No, it's 
it's a really it's a bad tactic. It's a selfish thing. It is. It's not how you build accountability, responsibility. It's not how you apologize. It's not how you mend hurt or broken relationships. Like it's just not. If you allow them to sit with their pain and you allow yourself to sit with the situation and like your actions, the conversations after that will be way more productive. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what else to say. Yes. Okay. Well, so we, I, I think, do we feel like we've covered Gabby? Yeah. I just want to say she showed up in that black sparkly shoulder pad plunge number with her boobs looking phenomenal. And Gabby is on record the prettiest crier I have ever witnessed. Yeah. But I just want to really applaud her for, first of all, watching back everything she watched and then sitting down, addressing all of it, looking him in the eyes, having that conversation on national television and doing it as beautifully and eloquently as she did. And I just really want her to be okay. And also, I hope that she can look back on that after the final Rose experience and realize that she is a fucking rock star. Yeah, because that was amazing the holy way she shit. handled that. Like, I, it was so clear to me how much she was hurting where she had a hard time responding to Jesse after watching all of that back. And like, I know you and I have probably been there where somebody's like, how are you doing? And you're like, if I breathe. Yeah, like I'm going to sob. Yeah, it's done. I'm over. I'm going to probably need to like hibernate for a couple months. So for her to like really collect herself and to say everything that she said and to look as phenomenal as she looked, there's been a lot of comparisons to her and Princess Diana with that dress, the shoulder pads, the plunge, her boobs, you guys. I like, I try not to be a creeper because I get it. It sucks when men are creepers, but like I was having a hard time looking away. Like I she told Jess that I think there was definitely some airbrushing around them. That's fair because I'm not minimizing how amazing they are. I was like, I think they just look even more amazing because there was airbrushing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's good to know. Good to know. Like your boobs don't just look like that naturally. However, she she was phenomenal. She I love that she got to speak her piece. I did really hate though that. The one thing about the show is that when Zach goes to respond, Jesse's like, yeah, man, you got to be quick. I know. And that confuses me. Okay. Because I have heard that some of these recordings for like the Women Tell All are like eight hours long. Oh, they're all day. They feed you lunch. So did Zach really only have like whatever it was, like a minute to say his piece? Well, these might be different because this was in fact live last night. Okay. So when you and I watch on Hulu, it is a little different. Whereas Women Tell All isn't live, I do. But like, okay, here's a really quick tip, ABC. We don't need this show to be live. There's nothing that's going to happen on live television that is going to be so monumentous that I need to see it. I would prefer a show or a taping to take longer and to get to the heart of like yeah, what these people are feeling. Yeah, I want Zach to respond to everything Gabby just said with plenty of time to respond to it. So much time to respond to it. And I think, like, I still, you know, not team Zach by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think he was just left in an impossible situation and that nothing he could say in, what, 45 seconds yeah, it didn't was going to be enough. Like, it just, it, 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 
he dug his own grave even more. Well, he didn't have the time or space to respond to all of the hurt we just absorbed. And then immediately comes out with this happy ending. And we're like, yay. Which I guess Slow maybe clap. we can get to. Do we want to well, talk? Well, really quickly, about- I just want to say that I really, I also respect and appreciate that Gabby specifically said the word violate. Yes, that was, she is so good with her words. Like she's careful, but she's honest. Um, I just, because I think, you know, it's reality TV. It's the fantasy suites. It's sex week. They had sex. I feel like the way the show is produced really minimized whatever Gabby and Zach experienced together. So the fact that she kind of went into the fact that sex was a very small part of it and they talked about emotional health and mental health and had like this very intimate conversation. I'm so glad you brought this up because I kind of got the impression that Katie was implying that sex lasted five seconds. (laughs) And like, hey, man, I don't. To be fair, I don't think women exactly want sex to go on for like ever and ever. I promise you, most women don't, as a matter like of fact. Katie or Gabby? Gabby. You said Katie. Oh, shit. No. With- so I was like, wait. When no, no, Katie no. Gabby, that? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're Gabby good. <laughs> had, had uh, made the comment about sex being like, she said something to the extent of like, well, that was only like five seconds. Ah! <laughs> I hope that was a purposeful jab. I him. do too. And like, while it's fine that sex isn't long, I did appreciate that. And I think you're right. Like, that still is so important. And I also highlighted violation because that's exactly what it was. And especially because she tells the story of Zach walking up to her while she's brushing her teeth and he kisses the back of their head. And they're like, just between us. That made me want to crawl out of my skin. I could feel what she was saying when she said that. Yes. Violation is the right word for that. And it pretty horrific that Zach did that. Like that is that I don't I also don't know how Katie and Gabby have a relationship. That's great. That's not what I can't imagine. But I just don't know. Like I hope Zach has grown enough and it has a way to demonstrate that to Katie because like I don't know how you could watch that back. If and and look at this guy the same way. Love did that to someone that you care about. Yeah, and it's one thing when it's like in the past and you hear about that. Like Zach in four years, like you said, will be really great to date. But for Gabby and Katie to experience this thing at the same time, I do wonder how that's going to impact Katie's view of him because that was pretty heinous. Like I just, my heart, I I felt like I could, my heart couldn't break anymore and it kept breaking more. Yeah, and I think she says something. Oh, here, I have it in my notes. I thought it was love more than a show. I get it, sex sells, but now I've become a narrative. So knowing that something so intimate and sacred and special just turns into her becoming a narrative on a reality TV show. And again, for Zach to feel better about himself because he made the first mistake of saying no sex and then went back on that on like, it just, it's so hard to hear this mess that is all of Zach's making. And Gabby is ultimately the one left without the happy ending with having to pick up the pieces. Why would Zach have sex with her? 
Yeah, I don't know that either at this point. Like, it really kind of shocks me because in my mind, at least when we had recorded last week, it was like, okay, maybe wow, he's, he's choosing Gabby. He's really into her. Like, I get this. But then after watching the episode and like the end part again and realizing that Gabby's totally spot on, he's not looking at her. When he's talking to the women, he is only talking to Katie. Now with the context of knowing that he didn't tell Ariel, there's so many things where you're just like, yeah, this was just, you were just horny and you made a really bad call because you knew you weren't picking her and you just didn't want to say no and you should have absolutely said no. And now it's very apparent. You just told her you were falling in love with her. And I, he could have been falling in love with her, but I'm just saying he wasn't going to pick know, her though. Yeah, so if he you shouldn't know have said that it. you're not picking her. Like, if you know it's Katie, why are you, why are you having sex with her? Why are you telling her you're falling in love with her? Why are you leading her on, and being, I just. You're not protecting her at any point. No, and it was really, Zach's just full of shit when he says that's what he was doing. No, that's not what you're doing. He had a lot on his mind, Jess. Oh, excuse me. He was navigating everything in front of him the best he could. Right, and unlike Gabby and Katie and Ariel, they didn't have anything that they needed to navigate or worry about. It was just easy sailing. Zach, my God. I mean, at least he says in some of his apologies, like, there is no excuse for my actions, but also, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, um, good job, Gabby. I'm sorry that you had to experience all of that. Yeah, me too. And I will say, <laughs> um, I like Katie a lot. I do too. We keep talking about this. Everybody on this season has been really great. Katie is no exception. But it's, I will say it's bittersweet celebrating Katie's love story because it seems to come. It comes at the expense at of. At the expense of Gabby. Absolutely it does. And it's not something that I can like easily overlook. Um, and I do, I mean. To be perfectly honest, I do think that Katie is better than Zach and should just like move along. However, if this is her person, I do wish them all the best. But yeah, personally watching this, it just sort of feels like you two probably need to like keep it on the DL, be happy together and just maybe disappear into oblivion for a little bit because this wasn't this wasn't it. Like, I, I cannot celebrate it the way that I would like to. And so, I don't know. I feel bad saying at this moment that, like, I don't have a lot to add about Katie. Yeah, I Katie. almost don't even want to recap Katie's episode experience. I don't really think there's much to recap because it's so vastly different than what we experienced with Gabby and that, like, she basically got all the reassurance that she needed she clearly felt really good about things. His family really liked her. Their date went really well. You know, in their their night portion or when they're together, like he was very reassuring to her as much as he could be. I don't know. She just knew. And even then it was really like, 
I do want to point out that she was really great to acknowledge how amazing Gabby is and that yeah. she knows that this is a hard decision. But even in her delivery of that, it just was like... She knew it was her, I she think. She did. And she was just making sure that... And for all the right reasons, I love that she spoke up on Gabby's behalf. But like, ultimately, yeah, she she was good. She was always good. I did struggle with the fact that she was hiking in sandals and flowy pants. My God, did no one tell her what that date was? Because Gabby showed up in tennis shoes. So like, did nobody warn Katie that they were going to go hiking? And not even like hikeable sandals, because you can hike in Chacos, um, Tevas, Tevas. Maybe even like Birkenstocks if you've got like not the the, the strappy kind, like but flip-flops and white like linen dressy, pants. It was like dressy sandals and white flowy pants. Yeah, which you can't sit on anything, It by did the way. look more like a nature walk, but still. That's got to be uncomfortable. I don't want to walk in flip-flops. Yeah. I want to go to the beach on flip-flops, not hike. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> yeah, that kind of irritated me because Gabby showed up looking like she was ready for the date and Katie did not look ready for the date. I wonder if her producer just like gave her bad information. Yeah, you're just going to like walk around a little. <laughs> yeah, I caught that too. <laughs> it's like, oh, Jesus, this is not great. Um, But aside from that, Katie really had a good time. Yeah. I thought Zach's mom was lovely to her. Um, Zach's dad, her sisters, his oh, yeah, sisters. She clicked amazingly with his family and... You can tell how excited she is to be a part of his family dynamic that she hasn't been privy to herself. I know. Oh, I'm glad we this 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 reminded me. One thing that does make me a little nervous on Zach's behalf, though he deserves nothing. I worry that Katie is still obviously, and I don't know. I don't think you would ever get over what's happened to her. But also, those are some big shoes for Zach to fill that are not necessarily fair for Zach to have to carry the burden of what these other men have done. Mm -hmm. And for her to frame it constantly as like, she can't handle it if Zach does this. It's like, but if he does, it's not... It is, but it isn't his fault. And that's a big burden for him. Like, I just hope that, like, she's got some perspective to give him space to let him be him. And I say that as somebody that's had someone in my past who's really hurt me. And I've definitely put that on Saul. Oh, yeah, same. And it took a long time for me to recognize that I was even doing it first off. And then it took even longer to really work through that for that. And, like, there were lots of points where it was really unfair. And I just hope that she has some perspective to recognize that like she can't put all this past trauma on Zach and for him to have to balance that for her. Like, I don't know. So a thousand times. Yes. Ugh. I also um, have had some sexual trauma from past partners and navigating that in a like a healthier relationship where your partner like cares about you and supports you and like dealing with the fact that you realize that you are still carrying around this trauma and it is impacting the way you're communicating and interacting with your partner. Yeah. Like 
Oh, man, that's it's the worst feeling. But also, I mean, I'm just hopeful that Katie, she seems so intuitive and intelligent. And so I'm just hopeful that she's had that she's been in therapy for a while, that she's, she's like going to therapy of this. Yeah. And that, you know, she's going to keep going to therapy while entering this relationship. She probably needs to be in therapy after the show. Um, Everybody needs therapy after. Yes. I mean, everyone needs therapy, period. But all these women especially need therapy. (laughs) But I just hope that. Yeah, I really hope that she's in tune with some of the things you're talking about, because I think that is a lot of pressure on Zach. If she has had every man aside from her brother in her life kind of fail her and abandon her. Yeah. And I think especially with romantic relationships, it's, it is a little different than parental figures, you know? And I, yeah, I just, I really do genuinely, even though I'm struggling in the moment right now to find like a lot of joy in getting as or happiness for them, I do really hope nothing but the best for them. Like I want them to make it because they do seem to really like each other and they seem like- They already live in the same city. Huge. no. Didn't Zach say he was packing his stuff up and moving to Austin? I was so confused by that. Because then also, like, that wasn't truly her hometown because she's from Canada. But Well, they're going to move in together. They are. But so are Nate and Michelle. Right. And so the fact that, like, they're making this move and they're going to be living together bodes well for them. And I'm, I guess we'll just see. Good luck. Side note, remember how the show gave Nate and Michelle $200,000? Yeah. I think that was probably because they were, well, let's be real. This was shortly after George Floyd, and the show was receiving a lot of pressure to diversify and also like be more responsible to their leads because they had really dropped the ball with Rachel Lindsay and Matt James. And so I think that they. That was the show trying to make up for shit. Yeah. And actually, to be fair, money is a great way to do that. I'm not even going to shame the show. Like, yes, (laughs) put cold, hard cash in people's pockets because that does matter. Um, So I think that that's kind of where they were like going with that is like that was their way of trying to recognize that the show had failed in some ways. And so this was being, you know, the first black couple to come out of the show. Um. They did that, but I do think it would be fair to give all the couples. Screw the massive ass diamond ring. Yeah, like get them a. Because some of these rings are like a down getting, payment on a home, dude. Some of these rings are like upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's like you're starting to push like a twenty percent down payment on a six hundred thousand dollar home with that. That's that's huge. That's how you start a life. <laughs> yeah, or money to do whatever you want with. Like it doesn't even have to be a down payment for a house, but like. I don't know. They didn't get anything. Her ring was beautiful. Not my cup of tea per se with the halo and all the diamonds, but like, hello, it's not ugly. (laughs) Side note, did you notice how Katie said they were trauma bonded? I think we were all trauma bonded. And I was like, plug! (laughs) You guys, if there's not a clip of it, we have failed. That's going to be coming up. I, that is the whole point of the show. Trauma bonded, aka drama bonded. bonded. Yeah, we didn't want to make it sound like trauma bonding because we're not a psychology show and, you know, it is reality TV, but also trauma bonding absolutely is happening on this show. So <laughs> Totally. But it is also dramatic. Yeah. So thank you, Katie, for helping us 
identify why we are trauma bonded. Oh man, it gave it gave me so much happiness in my heart. Saul for some reason came down and watched the last twenty minutes with me, and when that happened, we both just like looked at each other and we're like, "Oh my ah! god." <laughs> We definitely need to post a clip of that on our social media. Yes. Um, well, we made it through the season. Uh, Jess, what is your drama rating for the season finale? Whoa. It's high. I'm going to say I'm probably at like a nine again because people got like really hurt. And I feel like that was kind of similar to my last week's rating. Like this is... Like, I know it's dramatic and it's a reality TV show and we can talk about how reality it is. But at the same time, like, I, my heart really hurts for Gabby. I felt like that was, that was really hard to watch. I actually couldn't, like, fully invest at points because it was too much. I agree. I will also give it a nine. Not gleefully. It no, was like this a, is unfortunately not like a like, like a, a rueful nine. Yeah, this is a this is a sad nine. This isn't a great ending. This isn't somebody in production jumping off a balcony because they got caught like canoodling with one of the contestants. That's yeah. that's like an amazing nine. It's a gleeful nine. This this feels bad. This is not something I want to be happy about. I would have gladly taken a one or a two had we not done what the show did to Gabby. Same. Mm. Yeah. Not worth the nine. No. <sighs> well, charity season starts up June 26th. Her dress for the first episode is stunning. This is why you and I do this because that was the first thing that I thought too. I saw her and I was like, that dress. And I it's love like that a it's a jeweled magenta dress. Yes. And it looks so good on it her. It looks so good on her. And then we get a little preview of her brother going undercover. Cute. Undercover brother. I'm thrilled to have more content from her brother. Nehemiah was. A joy. And yes, this is so funny to me. I am excited. This will be this will be fun. Also, if he's single, he should get on the show because him is fine. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So um, yeah, I hope Charity does awesome. And then the thing that we're really gunning towards, if anybody didn't know, was Bachelor in Paradise. So who who are you hoping for on the beach? Of Mexico. I mean, Nick asks Ariel if she's planning on going to paradise. And she's like, I don't know if that's my scene. I don't know if I can picture Ariel in paradise. TBH. I'll be thrilled if she goes. I'm just saying when she says she doesn't know if that's her scene. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's your scene. Okay. To all my Redditors out there. People have been shipping Jason and Ariel. And I can see it. <gasps> so, yes. I can see it too. I knew you would appreciate <laughs> this. So for them to go to the beach together and just be the two hottest people of all time. <gasps> oh my God. Oh, oh, I hope that happens. I know. I kind of feel bad now that I'm telling you because I'm really setting the bar high. I don't know if Jason would ever go on Bachelor in Paradise. So. He might for Ariel. 
Dude, I'm manifesting that. Let's put that into the universe right now. Yes, everybody manifest with us. Just like, and just shaking our hands. hands. Yeah. Guys, we're doing it. Jazz hands oh my in the God. air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, now that you say that, I would love for her to go because that would be perfect. Um, but when she was talking about it, I was like, as much as I love you, I also agree. I don't know if you make sense in paradise, but it's true because it's way too messy and she's way too refined for Exactly. She could like do well because she could also just like not put up with people's shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously Brooklyn is like primed for paradise. Oh my god, yeah, Brooklyn. Um, I would love to see more of Mercedes in paradise. I want to see some beach twerking. Also, she's probably like the most attractive woman on the season, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I I'm really hoping for her. I would like to see Kylie. I thought she was a lot of fun. Allie. Oh yeah, would be Allie. Amazing. Um, Jess is probably going to be on Paradise. Jess is probably going to be. I don't on know Paradise. if I'm rooting for Jess to be on Paradise. I'm just saying Jess is probably going to be on Paradise. I'm just like sitting here trying to think. You know what really sucks is like Gabby and Rachel's men were such duds. Oh, who's going to be on Paradise from their season? I well, I mean, well, but, I guess we already had one season technically, but and I just have to say, Logan. Was kind of hilarious on Bachelor in Paradise, even though he was so messy. He came off of that looking pretty good. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Logan came back to Paradise. He should after Kate shamed him oh, for being poor. Same with Jacob. Jacob, my MVP. Can I just tell you guys something? So, <laughs> so Jess got me a cameo from Jacob. <laughs> I did she do just that. texted it to me. <laughs> and she'd also had already given me a gift. I think you'd already given me a gift too. Yeah, December was kind of rough though. So like we'd exchanged Christmas gifts and she just like casually texts me this like video link with Jacob's face on it. So I open it up and she bought me a fucking cameo from Jacob. And he was my favorite on pa- on Bachelor in Paradise last season. Okay, well, listen, this just like completely worked out because I was, first off, Saul hates cameo. He thinks that's the biggest waste of money. And I'm like, anything that Saul hates, I apparently love. <laughs> so I'm just like scrolling through and I see Jacob. And the best part was, and it wasn't even like, Mandy, I was willing to spend anything on you. But like the best part was, is he was the cheapest person that makes sense I know because like he didn't really have a big role but like we loved him genuinely and when I saw that I was like this is amazing it's not even that expensive so Mandy's not going to feel guilty because Jesse's $300 so like probably not Jacob's 25 but you guys not only that he sent me that video on Christmas Eve so then I was able to send it to you on Christmas Eve I tipped him really well for the record because I was like this is like he is the hero. He's the MVP of the season and also my life right now because Mandy needs this. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Like it wasn't, he wasn't as funny as I was hoping he would be, but it was almost perfect because he was just so genuinely himself that it was, it was, it was good. You know what though? I don't think Jacob knows his worth. Let's, I agree. It sh- was- he should have charged so much more than $25. Jill was critiquing him for being an Uber driver and for like living on his couch. He sold his couch. Oh, that's he what it was. Money. He sold his couch. Lyft bought him another couch. 
See, because they made fun is- of him. And then he was like, but I'm a five-star driver for you. And they're like, we're really sorry. Let us make it up to you. And they bought him a nice couch. Okay. I know I said Uber before, but this is actually important to me. I choose Lyft over Uber because they treat their d- drivers better. Yes. And so I just want to say shout out to Lyft for buying Jacob a couch. Absolutely shout out to Lyft for that. That was awesome. Like that genuinely warmed my heart and Jacob was pretty happy to have a couch back. Like first off, nobody should be shaming anybody for being poor. We live in late stage capitalism. It is so hard to make money. It is so hard to get a job. Like don't shame people for not having money. That is not acceptable behavior. Don't. (laughs) Jacob is amazing. Yes, I agree. He was my favorite and I only wish him the best and I hope he comes back next summer. That would be awesome. And all of his Tarzan like leaf glory. He's got a rockin' bod. <laughs> uh, Jacob is pretty amazing. I don't know. I feel like... Do you uh, think Aaron's gonna come back? Aaron and James? I need a break from Aaron and James. Aaron Do you was... think Genevieve's gonna come back? Whoa, I forgot about that. I hope not. Yeah, she was great TV, but I also hope not. That was kind of a lot. That felt bad to watch because there was a lot of toxic masculinity and like women not, I don't know. I, I, that was rough. And then, although Aaron talking about the pigeons killing rats, or no, the rats killing pigeons. He was talking about the mutant rats of New York. Aaron is pretty stupid. Wait, what else were they talking about where they were arguing and it turned into a fight? Oh, if itching is pain. Oh, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's different. It's discomfort. Aaron insisted it was the same thing. That is not the same. Aaron is stupid. Let me just reiterate that. Yeah. Big facts. Aaron is stupid. For sure. But I don't know who from, I mean, I guess all the women from Zach's season would be great. I'm not going to be sad to see any of them on the beach, yeah, but like I kind of hope that they collect some good guys. Like, I mean, I, do you think Christina Mandrell is going to be on there? Uh, she probably is, huh? I forgot that she was on this season. I, I didn't like her. That wasn't great casting. I don't know. I hope we get Rodney back on the beach. I kind I of would like Rodney Andrew to fall in love. Me too. I think I kind of am manifesting a Nate, Nate, Rodney... Um, who else did we really like? Andrew S. I would like to see um, Johnny back on the beach. You want Johnny back on the beach? Only if he's done some work on himself. Because I actually love Johnny, but I think Johnny is, I think Johnny needs to do some work on himself and I think he needs to grow up a little bit. I think that's true too. I take that back. Johnny does need to grow up a little bit. James, James, I want to come back to James. the beach. Yeah, I think there's some, and I'm sorry to people who don't know who we're talking about, but I assure you, one of the fun parts of Bachelor in Paradise is the fact that we get to watch all of the people who were contestants on The Bachelor and Bachelorette get together and mingle on the beach, and it's like a free-for-all of dating, and it is really fun. And some people can really turn things around for themselves, and some people just like double down and make everything worse. And if you watched last season of BIP and you didn't know who Lace was, do not judge Lace until you have watched Lace's entirety. <laughs> Actually, that's all I'm going to say. Quick recommendation: the only I've watched the most two recent seasons of Bachelor in Paradise because we've been watching. But then, at your season suggestion, three? season three of Bachelor in Paradise is stellar. 
television. Like you, I, I highly recommend it. I believe it's on Hulu. It's well Very worth it. Very important players. I believe that's a season that made Nick the Bachelor. And Lace is there. Lace is there. And then that is the season where Ashley and Jared, it's the last season that they are both on before they end up together. Yeah. Chad is on that season. Oh, God. So this is the season right after JoJo's season because Chad's on it. Yeah, it's it's a mess. And it's incredible. Daniel, the Canadian guy who's like super offensive but also hilarious. Yeah. And the twins. The twins. They. I don't want to ruin it. Just go watch it, Just you guys. Just go watch season three, guys. Yeah, and then you'll know what we're talking about when we talk about Bachelor in Paradise. Like, it is so fun. So I don't know. We'll see who ends up on there. I feel like we don't have a lot of good guys that are going to come. I guess maybe we'll get them from charity season. That's going to be weird. Yeah, we absolutely will, but we won't know them because the show will have only been airing for a short time. Yes, and I imagine it will be more men from her, the earlier part of her season. Yeah. Because I think they'll have to start filming before her, the show. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But Okay, so just a heads up, some office hours, and then we're done because I'm sorry we've kept you forever. But next week, we're taking a week off. Jess and I are going to do a postmortem about how we felt like this first season of podcasting went. We're going to look at all the suggestions that you guys made for us on Instagram. Yeah. And we're going to figure out what... There's 12 weeks until June 26th. So we're going to have next week off and then we'll have 11 weeks of content to fill. And we're going to fill it, you guys. We we want to come back. We've yeah. enjoyed this. So... We're just trying to figure out what makes the most sense for us. and So we know that there will be some intermittent Bachelor content. Um, we're probably going to cover something else that has yet to be decided on. And we've also talked about doing maybe some random episodes where we just talk about relationships and love and other things. Yeah, we're not really sure. So like, I know everybody already filled out that poll, but if you have any other things to share, let us know. Um, and thanks. So much for being along on this ride with us. This yeah. has been stupid fun. I'm not going to say it was the most dramatic season. It absolutely wasn't. But it was the most educational season for us. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I think this is the first time we've like sat down and like organized our thoughts. Yeah, that's true. Normally, it's just us drunk in the hot tub being like, oh, my God, <laughs> did you watch this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Now we have like notes and we're adults and we have, you know, structure. Sometimes. Jess is way more structured than me for the record. So when she references structure, it's mostly her own. Yeah, I make Mandy sit down and like walk me through what that was. She makes of- me note cards. <laughs> Not I all do. But honestly, we bounce each other out really well because Jess is, she's so organized and structured and on top of it. And I'm more like free flowy and I fill in the gaps. So I feel like we kind of complement each other in that way. You remind me of all the things I actually wanted to talk about. <laughs> Good. I've got the broad themes and the general. Yeah. We're- Anyways, we love you guys and we'll keep you up to date with what's next. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP, Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Special thanks to everybody who's listening, posting, and emailing us. We love it. Keep talking. Bye.